Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Michael Pullman podcast. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're safe. I hope you're happy. I hope you're busy. All of that good stuff. It's a pleasure to be here. Just me today. So if you tuned in hoping for uh, an intelligent conversation with a guest, I am sorry to disappoint you. I do uh, promise that we are going to have some exciting guests on the show very, very soon from, you know, from all the industries that you would uh, know to be associated with me. Um, It's just a really, like, crazy time at the moment, Uh, particularly here in New Zealand, you know, we're opening up again, everybody's back at work, so, you know, trying to get somebody uh, down for, you know, an informal interview outside of... uh, of a media situation is, is pretty difficult at the moment, but rest assured we uh, we will be getting someone, uh, some some few people actually, we'll be getting a few uh, very, very shortly. Um, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here, guys. I'm, you know, it's good to, to just be able to sit down, no pun intended, but it's good to be able to sit down and, and have a bit of a, you know, an informal chat uh, to you. I really enjoyed the last podcast, you know, where I came on and I was feeling a wee bit down and depressed and managed to get some stuff off my chest. I hope uh, you enjoyed that show. Not so much the, you know, the depression stuff, but more about, you know, hey, this is something that everybody goes through and I hope that, you know, you got something out of it. Uh, because I certainly did. Today uh, we're just going to be talking about life. Um, It's been a pretty uh, industrious uh, period for me. Um, It's always the way, eh? you know, when I have a, usually when I have a a meltdown or a depression moment or whatever, when I I go back down the rabbit hole, it's always, um, it, it doesn't last for long, you know, because like work and life gets in the way, you get busy, and, and, and I enjoy being busy, so um, that's been pretty pretty industrious um, for me. Uh, those of you who follow me on social media, uh, you may well have seen, I managed to tick off a absolute major goal uh, for me in my young, fledgling journalist career. Um, I've always wanted to have a, an article published in a magazine and I uh, was very, very fortunate to be uh, put in touch with the editorial team at uh, New Zealand Rugby News, which is a, a very long-standing, over 50 years, uh, one of the most uh, read and respected rugby publications in New Zealand and uh, yeah uh, one of their staff writers Steve Hale he um, shout out to him he said to me man you should you know you should write for these guys I'm, you know I'm, he, he writes for them and um, he put me across Campbell's desk and uh, yeah I, I got my first article published for them uh, in, in the June edition of the magazine, which came out this week, so uh, it's on page 22. Uh, I was expecting it to be somewhere near the back of uh, of the magazine, but yeah, uh, it's it's about uh, the integrity of rugby uh, moving forward past uh, the uh, COVID-19 
um, you know, pandemic, which obviously brought, you know, all sport to a halt. And I think, you know, rugby is in a, a, a situation where it's needed a change uh, for a long time. So I talked about that in my article and, uh, you know, I don't expect any, any of you to agree with me, but that was just... Uh, some of my thoughts, if you read that, on, uh, you know, how we can, um, you know, ensure as best as possible, I guess, you know, equal footing, uh, you know, from rugby at the at the top end, you know, everybody talks about the All Blacks, and, and you know, no doubt they are the, they are the big, the big dog, you know, brand All Blacks, they don't say that for nothing, um, and everything is sort of underneath that and, and I think you know these are none of the things I wrote in that article were um, you know something that you haven't heard before um, these these are ideas that have been sort of bounced around the um, the the scene for for a long time and um, yeah so massive honor to to be able to write for that magazine and uh, you know, moving forward, uh, got a piece for them coming out in next month's magazine as well. So, yeah, hopefully that can, uh, you know, can lead to, you know, to another opportunity. I mean, I, I, I don't even know, like, people ask me, um, you know, who I write for. And it's always like, I don't know, because I just never know. As a freelancer, um you know, uh, you tend to write for a number of different sites, um, some of them pay you, some of them don't, um, you know, number one rule of journalism, if, if you're, obviously to be fair and accurate and tell the truth, but, um, to be fair and balanced, you know, but probably the number two rule of journalism is that you don't get it, get into it, uh, for the money, so, um, but, you know, as a freelancer, you've kind of got to go where the jobs are and you've got to go where the money is, um, you know, if you want to make a living. And, um, you know, I, I write for occasionally NZB, you know, Hamilton News and The Herald. Uh, other days I'll be writing for RugbyPass.com. Other days I'll be writing for RNZ, um, you know, and, and uh, now Rugby News. So it's... Um, I enjoy it, you know, and, and I'm, it, it's all, it's all sort of experience, you know, it's, it, it's about, if nothing else, like, when I, I look at my CV and, and I sort of think about the, the writing that I'm doing, um, the, the thing I'm probably most happy about is the amount of published clips, you know, coming out, and, um, I think, like, people ask me if I'm happy um, in, in the jobs. Like, the reality is I know I'm doing all I can. And, and uh, by that I mean, you know, I'm doing absolutely everything that I can possibly do um, to learn, to grow, to, to get opportunities. And um, it's, it's a very, very like any industry, like any job, you know, it's, there's so much that people don't see, so, um, as you said it last night, you know, to my, 
to my partner, you know, she says, oh, I'm really proud of you to, you know, I've written so many things now, it's sort of second nature to her, like, she doesn't really, we don't talk about it as much, but whenever I get a, a fresh opportunity or, you know, a big moment, like having an article in a magazine for the first time, you know, she said to me, hey, I'm, I'm really proud of you, and I sort of, uh, the reality is, like, she sees, like, the the work I put in, you know, the, the times when, you know, I'm ignoring her because I'm, I'm at the computer writing or because I'm grumpy about a, a story or I've got a deadline due, you know. Um, she She's a much part of that as, as, as everything. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say that, you know, not, not, not enough people give credit to... Um, to their partners, so, so yeah, it's, it's been an enjoyable time, guys, and also, uh, today, this Friday, the 19th of June, and we're going to switch gears now to talk about video games, yes, gaming, so if that's not your thing, uh, you might want to step away now, but, um, yeah, it's a special day for gamers, because The Last of Us Part 2 comes out, today, uh, it's finally out, I can finally talk about it, uh, I was lucky enough to be given a review copy uh, about three weeks ago from Sony, uh, so shout out to PlayStation for sending that my way, and uh, you can go to two places actually, you can go to dashgamer.com, or you can go to realmichaelpullman.com. Um, and you can read my review of that game. I gave it a perfect 10. Uh, yes, it's been uh, getting a lot of 10s at the moment. Actually, while we're talking, if we go over to uh, to Metacritic, we have a look. Uh, so Metacritic, if you don't know, is basically a... a um, it's an aggregate site of all uh, the review scores, well, the majority of them uh, for, you know, for a movie or a video game or, or whatever. Um, and at, at, at the latest check, um, like I said, I, I gave Last of Us Part 2 a 10, uh, as did many outlets. Currently on Metacritic, it is at a 95. It was at a 97, um, I believe, a couple of days ago. Uh, 92 critic reviews make up the 95% number. Um, IGN obviously gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh, GameSpot were very interesting. They didn't give the game as high a review as I... As I was expecting, um, they gave it, I believe, an 8.5. Now, you know, so happy Last of Us Part 2 day. If you are playing it, I, I post it on social media. I have bought the game. Um, I, I didn't need to, but I wanted to. I wanted to, you know, say thank you to, to Sony first and foremost. So I went out and bought the game anyway. And um, I, you know... <sighs> I don't even know where to start. Um, Last of Us Part 2, and I'm going to play through it again. I've just... Uh, it comes with two discs, and you have to install it and all that. Um, obviously, I 
I'd already installed it, but I am going to play for it again, and man, this game, it's, uh, number one, it's gruesome, you know, it is extremely gruesome, and it takes, um, it takes violence and, and killing and, um, you know, all of that, which is ironically very prevalent in the world right now, uh, which may make people uncomfortable, but it, it takes that gruesome factor to another level entirely. And, uh, you know, unlike anything I've ever seen, not, you know, not just in a video game, but honestly in, in entertainment in general. I, I mean, you know, we've all seen violent movies. We've all seen graphic, you know, mediums of entertainment. But to me, this is right up there. And that's a huge, a huge asterisk that will be next to this game. And it, it's very deliberate. It's, it's, it's not an accident. It, it's not that... The developers, Naughty Dog, sort of said, oh, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get away with this. They, this is a, a core part of the experience. It, it's, the game, from start to finish, makes you feel, and it makes you feel pretty darn uncomfortable the whole way through. And, and that is a deliberate uh, design in the game, it's a deliberate narrative in the game, and um, it is everything that the original Last of Us did, you know, multiplied by a hundred. Um, you know, the, the level of, of gore, the level of, um, you know, when you kill the you know, the clickers, the, the infected, obviously, are back in this game. If you don't know what they are, um, the infected are one of three factions of, of enemies that you, you take on in the game. Um, they are, you know, formerly human enemies. They're now, um, you know, being exposed to, um, to you know, to, to the fall down of, of the universe and... Um, they are kind of like mutating into these, you know, freakish, um, scary uh, mutants, <laughs> and uh, they're killing them. They are scary. They are. It is uncomfortable to kill them, but it's a necessity. Um, they strike fear, like they did in the first game, but even more so. There are more different types of infected, so you have the Shambler now, uh, which is a big, sort of fast-moving, big ball of pus, um, you know, and, and there's, there's, more, there's more of them as well. So, yeah, that, that's a, a huge part of gameplay, but the, the, the other enemies, the human enemies, so you've got the Washington Liberation Front, um, and you've got the the um, the seraphites, seraphites, which are a religious cult, um, and they they're human enemies as well. They believe that the the issues that the the world is having and, and the plague um, is due to human sin, you know. So the difference between the Washington Liberation Front enemies 
and the Seraphites, the religious cult, is melee, you know, so that, and, and also communication, so um, people will be playing through the game today will will notice that um, those enemies, you know, they whistle to communicate, and, you know, that might seem weird, but it's, it's incredibly, when you play it, it's like, oh man, they're whistling, they whistle in different ways, and yeah, it's it's an it's an incredibly um, different game, and it, it's it's pure escapism. You know, if if you are a fan of, um, obviously anything Naughty Dog do, uh, the developers, you're gonna love this game. Um, it's a mature game. It, it's the most adult game I've ever played in my life. Um, there is humor scattered amongst the the horror, the sadness, the comfort, and you know, there's going to be a lot of conversation about not only the violence, and I want to touch on that, but, but also the, um, you know, the, the love story, um, you know, lesbian content in the game, um, the fact that it's got two female leads, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about one of the characters potentially being transgender. Uh, I, I kind of want to get in front of all of that. I believe that just on the transgender thing, um, now, so the character in the game, Abby, um, I, uh, you, you know, I, um, I don't really know where to begin with this. I, I think so. Abby, the character in the game, is obviously um, muscular for a female, but you know, her character should not be defined by how muscly she is and by what she looks like. She's a part of the game that that is um, without giving away too many spoilers, you know, more than they're out there anyway, she's a big part of this game, and, um, she is probably the, her character and the journey that character takes is, you know, I wrote in the review, um, that th there were a lot of expectations about what Last of Us Part 2 was going to be from a narrative perspective, you know, a, a lot of people, um, myself included, you know, oh, this is just a continuation of Ellie and Joel's story. Um, Abby's impact on this game and the arrival of this character and, and the journey you go on, um, it, it represents in the biggest way that, that this game is anything but what you would expect it to be. And I cannot wait to see, um, you, you know, because obviously when you review the game, you're on the very strict, um, pro you know, yes, there's spoilers out there. A lot of people know about one of the major ones. I'm not going to repeat it. But, you know, today, people are going to be playing that game. And they're going to be experiencing the shock. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a moment that happens early in the game um, involving two of the main characters that you know and love. And took me by surprise. Um, I am so glad that before I got my, my hands on the review copy, 
um, you know, I hadn't been exposed to Indian spoilers because that took me by surprise. Um, but, you know, now that, that reviewers, and I haven't seen a single review that has spoiled or kind of gone down the rabbit hole of, um, of Abby in this game and, and uh, her involvement in the narrative, but um, I can't wait to see what, you know, the, the, the every average everyday gamer who picks this up, especially those that are fans of The Last of Us as a franchise, um, I cannot wait to, um, to see what they make of this and what they make of the, the events that happen and the way that the game takes you in a certain direction. Um, in terms of the, just on that transgender thing though, I, I, there will be a conversation about it. It is not known at this point whether Abby's character is transgender or not. Doesn't matter, no. Um, you know, and, and I think, I'm not going to say anything more than that. Um, it is a conversation that will be had. And, um, you know, I think you should just play the game and enjoy the game for what it is. In terms of um, Ellie, and, you know, she's obviously the main protagonist. She's the poster girl for this franchise. Ellie and Joel, you know... Tommy, um, those characters that we remember from the first game, uh, you, you know, some of the things that, that Ellie does in this game, as I said in the review, um, really shocked me, and, um, I, just on that expectation front, and I'm kind of babbling on now, but, you know, I could talk about this game for, for, for days to come, um, We'll be talking about this game in, in years to come, not just days to come. Um, I think you just... Like, I started this game feeling a certain way about the characters, Ellie in particular, and I finished the game feeling so different. And, you know, and now, I mean, I'll play for it again, um, but... I, I don't even know who I like and who I don't like in this game, in this universe now. Um, it is it is just a, it's an experience. From the gameplay perspective, um, I am not by nature a stealth gamer. Um, I am your, your typical guns blazing, you know, run and shoot fucking you know, die a hundred times, do it again. I am not a smart gamer. I am not a stealth gamer. Um, the Last of Us Part 2 made me enjoy stealth. Um, I, the run and gun is not, is not going to work in this game. And, and if you're looking for that, um, you're, you're going to be sadly disappointed. Um, you won't be able to progress if you do that. Um, you have to be smart, you have to be patient, and you never know what's looking around the corner. Um, the combat um, experiences 
shocked me so much about how enjoyable they were. I mean, yep, very similar to The Last of Us in terms of the original, in terms of the UI, in terms of gunplay, but, you know, there's something about this that is just incredibly satisfying. Guns are hard to use, ammo is fleeting, um, you never have enough ammo, um, melee is, is, you know, satisfying and, and critical to the journey um yeah it's just it's great and, and just finally on the violence thing you know there will be there has already been talk about it within um within certain reviews okay i mentioned GameSpot earlier um you know i their review in particular i I kind of agree with and I kind of don't. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about the violence and, um, you know, I, I think, um, what can I, what can I say? Uh, you know, it will turn some people off, but especially given some of the things that are going on in the world right now, um, especially in America, um, shout out to all my American foods, by the way, but, you know, I, I think for a game, you know, people are going to want to escape that sort of stuff, you know, some of the things that they see on the news, um, you know, this, this part of this game may very well remind you of that, um, but I, I don't think it's fair to say that you shouldn't review this game harshly because it, it it reminds you of, you know, certain um, issues that are going on in the world right now. And, and I think, if anything, it kind of makes the game even better. Um, you, you know, we, we need to... I'm going to go on a bit of a tear here, but, you know, we're not... We need to sort of stop monocoding ourselves. Like, you know... If you say, oh, I just want to play games, I want to get away from all that, yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, like, you know, some of these things are important that, that are going on in the world. And if you can't handle violence, um, and you can't handle um, a video game that, that portrays violence and, you know, such a graphic level... Um, you're not going to be able to deal with, like, the shit that's going on in the world right now, because it is violent, the world's violent out there right now, and, uh, that's, you know, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm saying we, we kind of have to deal with that, guys, and, uh, get, get hard, you know, I'm sorry, but, like, I'm going to be really disappointed and probably not surprised, but if, the mainstream feedback to this game is that, you know, it, it's it's too uncomfortable. Like, well, you know, I, I would be really disappointed. I, I think, because you got to remember that this game has been in development since 2013, if not before. Um, the, the team, you know, all of this was put in place before COVID, before um, George Floyd, before all the protests, 
Um, you know, it's, it's it was what, you know, what would you rather? Would you rather this this um, this as close to a masterpiece of a video game um, as you could ever hope for? You know, and that's just my opinion. But a, a, a quality quality video game that you see very very rarely to this degree. That is bold, that is different, that is brave. Um, you know, if you would rather not even have the opportunity to experience that because it might touch on themes that make you uncomfortable, um, you know, that's kind of the problem with the world, isn't it? Like, we don't want to accept, um, some of us don't want to accept or hear about things that, or think about things that make us uncomfortable. The Last of Us Part 2, and the game that people will be playing right now, um, is a game that I really hope people think about. And, and you know, it's funny, I was, I was listening to uh, Tim Yetis at, um, at Kind of Funny, shout out to him. He was saying, like, and I totally identified with this, you know, when playing the game, he could only play it for a couple of hours and he'd have to have a break. Um, not because he wasn't enjoying it, but because he was so, like, oh, like, he had to process everything that happened. Like, the game is just a ride of of intense moments. And and you get through a, a combat moment or a story moment, and you're, you're, like, you're literally, like, oh, sh- you know, fuck. Like, wow, what just happened there? And, and... Man, the, the emotions, it is. It is literally a game where you might need to have a drink and just go and be like, oh, God, like, here I am. This is going to be a ride. And, and that is how The Last of Us should be played. So I gave it a, a 10 out of 10. Um, I, I don't believe it's a perfect game. Oh, well, how can you give it a 10 out of 10? Um... The, the very definition a 10 out of 10 is not a perfect game it's as close you know to a to a good game um you know that you can you can get um so so yeah but ultimately um i i can't wait to see what people play uh, think of it when they play it and uh, i'm gonna enjoy definitely going to enjoy um, playing for it again myself. I'll probably, it, it's a long game, um, you know, I, about 20 hours it took me to, to finish. Um, you could easily stretch that out to 30, 40 hours. Um, like, I probably slow burned it for the first half of the game, and then once the story as in all good games do, um, we did Redemption 2 did this as well, like, you kind of want to take your time and enjoy it, but something happens in the game that you're like, shit, i got to find out what happens, so I kind of did fast track it, um, towards the, probably the second half of the game, and, and especially towards the end, I finished it the night before embargo um so we had the preview embargo on the week the week out uh from the review embargo which was the 12th 
or so a week ago. Um, but the preview embargo was just I think a few days a week before that. So we um, yeah, I kind of I finished the the, the game. The, the day before the, the review embargo, so I had the whole day to write my review. Um, you know, some some reviewers probably would have written it over the course of the play. I, I really wanted to to complete, um, you know, obviously the campaign to, to get my full thoughts on it, and then I dedicated all of Friday review day um, to, to writing it, and, uh, you know, we published it, um, right on embargo, uh, so shout out to Dan and the team at, at Dash Gamer for doing that, and it's also, as I said, available on my blog, uh, uh, I believe it is the best game on PlayStation, The Last of Us 2, so let me, let me just, yeah, just on that, let me just end by summing up The Last of Us Part 2, this is everything from here on out, and I think we've done well to avoid spoilers. Um, but here's my thoughts on it. The Last of Us Part Two is the best game on PlayStation. It is the most gruesome video game I've ever played in my life, and probably will ever play. I feel it is graphically. It pushes the PlayStation 4 Pro to its its limits, um, and uh, I think the it is not what I expected from a story's perspective. And the biggest takeaway from the game is that you know it's an uncomfortable experience, but it's a good experience, and you need to have an open mind when you're playing it and, and you know a lot of people are like oh it's, it's just more last of us yeah it is just more last of us but it, it builds on what the original did in 2013 um it builds on absolutely every i can't think of one part of the game that it doesn't improve, um, and, and you, you know, for a sequel, like, you don't really get much, much more of a sequel than this, and, and like, you know, just on, like, other games that we've seen, Red Dead Redemption 2 is another one, people love the original Red Dead, they loved it, you know, I'm one of them, I, you know, Red Dead Redemption, Yep, different genre, different kind of game, but for me, one of the greatest games ever made. Red Dead Redemption 2, in comparison, was just as great, but it was great in, in such a different way. It was a slow burn, it was way, way more intense. Last of Us, if you apply the same kind of like approach to The Last of Us, Last of Us Part 2 is, is a slow burn, but it is intense at every level, and it is impactful at every level, and it surprises the narrative absolutely shocked me. Um, you know, the lesbian stuff, we all knew that was coming, we knew it was going to be a gruesome game, we, we all knew this was going to be a more mature alley. 
But the reality is, and I've said this in the review, Ellie, the protagonist, and this is as close to spoiler as I'll get, Ellie, I don't, Ellie isn't likeable in this game. Uh, you know, and I would love to debate that with somebody, but I, I understand what they're doing with Ellie, but I don't like, I don't like her as a character, um, after this game, and, and I think, yeah, it's a, it's, it is a game that you need to play, so we'll stop babbling on now, that's been about half an hour of The Last of Us Part 2, uh, it's a great, it's a great day in gaming though, so, um, you know, if you do have some spare dollars, obviously, tight, like, people are doing it pretty tough right now, and there is more important things going on, but, um, you know, if you do have the dollar, and you do, you know, go out and play this game, it's, uh, it's going to be worth your time, so, and again, thank you to PlayStation, full disclosure, probably should have said this at the start, I think I did, but I'll say it again, PlayStation provided me with the review code for the game, I played it, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it so much that I, I went out and bought it, so, um, that's probably it for the podcast today, guys, I, I will have a guest on very shortly, um, but yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a week or two, and, um, you know, I, I hope all of you are, are doing well, and, and again, go pick up Rugby News Magazine, if you are in New Zealand, available at all good bookstores and supermarkets, uh, it's got a lovely picture of Ian Foster, the new All Blacks coach, on the cover, and you can find my article uh, on how post-COVID rugby landscape should look. You can find that on page 22, I believe. And until then, this has been the Michael Pulver Podcast. You can find us on anchor.com forward slash Michael Pulver Podcast. That is anchor.com forward slash Michael Pulver Podcast. We are also available uh, on Spotify, iTunes, uh, so, if you are on there, make sure you give us a rating, uh, follow, subscribe, download, listen to the the backlog of uh, of awesome, interesting chats, and there'll be more to come for me in the future. And until then, we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye bye for now. <laughs>